been talking about, you know, it's, I can't get off of this because um, the word that uh, Marcia had this morning and just so many things. Um, uh, but I do want to talk about obedience this morning a little bit more. Let's go uh, into the, oops, let me get my Bible going here. Let's go into the book of John. Okay, we're going to go to John 2. And here's what it says. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited with his disciples to the wedding. And when all the wine was gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Jesus said to her, dear woman, what is that to you and to me? What do we have in common? Leave it to me. My time, hour to act has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone standing there as the Jewish custom of purification demanded, holding 20 to 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the manager of the feast. And so they took him some. And when the manager tasted the water, who had, which had just turned to wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the bridegroom. And he said to them, everyone else serves the best wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, he then serves that which is not so good. But you have kept back the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs, miracles, wonder works that Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. By it, he displayed his greatness and his power openly. And his disciples believed in him. They trusted and relied on him. All right, a couple of things. You know, I used to do this, when the girls were little, I used to do this training, uh, like it was parenting training or whatever. And we went through this thing and I, 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 it was obedience. There was this whole thing around obedience and teaching your children obedience. And I sent off for this little kind of prop that you get that you work with your kids and it's called the five fingers of obedience. And it's like a little hand that looks like this and it's on a little pole. And each one of the fingers represents an aspect of obedience, okay? And so the first finger, the, the thumb, is yes, mommy, okay? The second finger is I obey, right? Right away, all the way, the happy way, okay? Five fingers of obedience, yes, mommy. I obey, right away, all the way, the happy way, right? And so we made up a little song. Yes, mommy, I obey, right away, all the way, the happy way. Yes, mommy, I obey, right away, all the way, the happy way, right? Catchy. Now, when they didn't obey, we'd have to get out the little hand, and we'd have to say, now, which one of the fingers did we not do? Did we say, yes, mommy? Did we do it right away? Okay. Or, yes, mommy? Did we do it all the way? 
right? Yes, mommy, did we do it the happy way? And the point was, if you didn't do all five of the fingers, then it wasn't obedience. Because obedience is also a heart issue. It's not just about the, the right actions. It's about the right motives. And now let's be very clear that sometimes daddy gives you an instruction just to expose your motives. Right? And I'll tell you, that little parenting is one of the best ways to understand our relationship with the Lord, isn't it? For those of us that are parents, <laughs> you know? Because sometimes, you know, we don't even get as far as, yes, daddy. We act like we're deaf. Or we do this one. Oh, I, I, I made that one up. That's just me. That's just me, right? Or then, so just the yes, daddy, we got a problem with, right? Well, you know what? Instead of just go, skipping along your merry way, why not figure out why you've got a problem with yes, daddy? Why not, why not take some time out, right? Put yourself in a little time out and think, Daddy, why am I having such a hard time with this yes? What? Because here's, I'll tell you why you're having a hard time. Because you're believing a lie. There's something that you believe that isn't true. You know, I remember as an unbeliever, I mean, I just remember thinking, what would I do if I didn't party every weekend? That'd be so boring. Like, what do people do that don't drink? I mean, I just remembered that was my mindset. And so just because you can't think of it or think right about it doesn't mean that your thinking should follow. You should follow your thinking. Doesn't mean that you've got the full revelation on the matter. Right? But sometimes we never get past the yes daddy. And we don't think why... What? what? What is, why am I having a hard time with this? When that's an opportunity for freedom. And here's the deal, until you deal with that, that's a mountain you're going to keep going around. So then you've got the yes, daddy, right away. All right? Timing is important. The timing of God is important. And I'll tell you, learning to obey right away is a skill that you have to develop. It'll save your life. You know, I think I've got that skill down to such a degree that God has to make sure he doesn't tell me too early. Because I think if he tells me, that means right now. You know, but sometimes if you don't go right now, your logic will kick in. And you'll talk yourself right out of whatever it is that daddy said. And then you'll conveniently forget it. Which is another reason I am such a big believer in journaling. Now I know people try to give you all kinds of reasons why you don't journal. 
why, you know, why you don't record your conversations with the Lord. But one of the major reasons that you don't, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. Well, I don't hear. Well, when's the last time you actually sat down with a pen and a paper and actually tried to hear? Right? When's the last time you did that? If you haven't done that today, but I don't want to hear what you're, that you're saying you can't hear. Okay, like you one time couldn't hear, right? But secondly, another reason why people don't want to journal is because they don't want to have any accountability. They don't actually want to hear what God has to say. They like complaining and spending all this time in their own intellectual, analytical, you know, dead end rather than actually hearing what the Father has to say about it. Because again, it confronts your heart. You know, I remember, you know, we are called to be dependent. We are not called to judge, independent of the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember going through a season where the Lord was really teaching me this. And I'd gone into this meeting with a bunch of believers, and it was just chaos. I mean, everybody was, I mean, it was just, I don't, it was just, it was a bad meeting. And I remember leaving the meeting because it was like everybody's offended and everybody, it was just a bad meeting. And I leave the meeting and I say, God, I have no idea what happened here. And I said, but I'm not going to judge it. I don't trust my judgment. I'll tell the Lord in my journal sometimes, I'm like, I don't know, up from down, sideways from boo. You know, I'm just not that smart. So I need you to navigate me through how to think. What do you think? That's one of the most important questions you can ask the Lord. What do you think? What's your opinion on the matter? Because sometimes we've got so much emotional turmoil, we just allow our emotional turmoil to be reality, to be the truth. And I can tell you, anytime you're in emotional turmoil, that is not the truth. That is not the truth. The truth is outside of that, whatever that is. Matter of fact, if you will start to recognize times where you're in emotional turmoil, where your emotions are in some kind of here, 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 if you'll start to, if you'll start to recognize those things, those are areas of your life that need to be addressed because you're not free. So right away means right away. It means right now. Listen, the thing that we don't recognize sometimes is that it's not just about our life. But there is a corporate kingdom agenda all over the earth. And your obedience is tied to a chain reaction of events. And not that God is not bigger than your disobedience, because I believe God knows us well enough to have plan B, plan C, plan D when, when we're in an issue, when we have an issue. <laughs> but you're the one that gets delayed. And most of the time, what God is trying to confront in our lives is unbelief and fear. 
Because when he asks you to do something, more times than not, our first reaction is going to be fear. Because he lives outside of the realm of what's natural, of what's possible. So he's going to ask you to do something that isn't reasonable necessarily. Matter, I mean, it isn't reasonable that increase comes from giving. It isn't, it isn't reasonable. I mean, I know we've said it so much because we're so dang religious that promotion comes from humility. But we think in the Western world that promotion comes from ability. rather than humility. Well, it's not logical that the lowest place is the place of usability. It's not, it's not, it's not logical to, 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 to think I'm going to give this and something is going to be returned back to me. You know, it's not logical to not defend yourself. Right? So our, our, our programmed minds just, just war. It says that, you know, the, the mind of the flesh is at enmity with the mind of the spirit because it's not logical. Right? So obedience requires that we get out of our, our thinker. Right? Now, all the way. How many times have we not obeyed all the way? Right? We get out of the boat and then we sink. We have second thoughts or, right? We start to question. We start to doubt. Did God really say? Right? Let me tell you, that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. And I'll say this. If you're going to fulfill the destiny on your life, you're going to have to make a quality decision. That if the ship goes down, you're staying on it. That no matter what, you're not moving. All the way. You're going all the way. All the way to the finish line. Do you know how many people... I mean, we don't have a, you know, a physical Egypt that we've come out of. We don't have a physical wilderness that we're walking through. You know, we don't... You know, we don't have a cloud by day and a pillar by night. So it's hard to, hard to sometimes discern where we are on the road to fulfilling the fullness of what God has called us to accomplish. Sometimes it's hard to discern what giant <laughs> am I facing? What is God doing? You know, it says, it's a, he, he told him, he said, I led you in the wilderness these 40, 40 years to test you, to prove you. It wasn't that God didn't know what was in their heart. It was that they didn't know what was in their heart. And what was in their heart was going to get them killed. The unbelief that was in their heart was going to, was going to absolutely not allow them to walk in the fullness of what God had given to them. And so the wilderness, people don't like to hear about the wilderness. It's like people don't like to hear about the preparation time. People don't like to hear about, you know, the seasons of David, you know, running from his own son. Or Joseph, you know, being falsely accused. People don't want to hear about the, the, the places where your character gets refined. 
where, where what's in your heart is getting revealed so that it can get healed. You know, and so, so a lot of times we just, you know, we just want the glory, hallelujah, which, amen, there's glory, hallelujah, every single step of the way. It's just some of the giants are private giants. And unless you deal with the private giants, you're going to end up in a public display of humility. Whether you're Saul, right? Or you're Judas, because the story is full of the people that died in the wilderness. Why? Because they weren't willing to confront their own beliefs and their own hearts. And a lot of times when we don't, we, we, that means we don't do it all the way. We don't do it all the way. And I'll say this, if it was easy, everyone would be making a worldwide impact. The happy way. Okay. The happy way matters. You know, I have little kids, so, you know, you can't hide anything with little kids. I love it. You know what I mean? You just, it, what, you, what you see is what you get, right? And if they're, if it's, if they're not happy, you know it, right? And when they're happy, you know it, Right? And so yesterday, I can't even remember what I was telling Lily to do. <laughs> right? And I said, you slam that door, it'll be five more minutes. I sent her to her room for something. She kind of shut it too hard, a little too hard. I didn't mean to shut it that hard. <laughs> yep. 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 Another time this week, let's tell my funny parenting stories. I could hear them just going at it in their room. And I went in there and I said, girls, what does the scripture say? We let no unwholesome, and I hear Lily finishes, unwholesome talk proceed out of our mouth, but only that speech which is helpful and builds others up. And I said, uh-huh. And I said, so was this wholesome? Was this edifying speech? No. And we had to take turns Say one thing that is building up at Lily. You're pretty. One thing, uh-oh, she hears me, that is building up Ella. <laughs> but here's what we did. We took turns building up one another, right? Church. How many tearing down words have you spoke this week? Yeah. What kind of talk came out of your mouth this week? Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're called to be happy people, positive people that joyfully obey and joyfully serve wherever and whatever assignment we're called to do. And by the way, don't let the enemy steal from you. And what I mean by that 
If somebody has stolen from you, just give it. Just give it. If someone has wronged you, just forgive it. Just forgive it. I have this one testimony I'll share about, and I'm going to wrap up. You know, I remember when I was, I was at an altar minister. That's when I was young in the Lord back at Bill Winston's church. And I had this one prophet lady who was scary. She would literally sit like three rows behind me every time I would pray at the altar. And altar ministry at Living Word was like going to the, you know, craziest mission trip in the back jungles of somewhere or the, you know, remotest village or whatever. I mean, you never knew what was going to happen. I mean, these, these were people gangbangers. I mean, these... You didn't know, like literally, they might have shot somebody before they came to church. I'm not kidding. They might have shot up before they came to church. I mean, these were, I don't even know how these people, came, I don't know how these people showed up. But, you know, they'd always get in my line. And I, this was before I had a full revelation of my identity in Christ many times. And so, I mean, I told you guys, sometimes I'd pray in tongues the whole service just because I'd be freaking out. i got to pray for people. Right? And that's when God gave me the meditation project of Christ and you, the hope of glory for a year. So I could actually pray for people. Because, I mean, you might just, you might just step towards them and bleh, bleh, on the ground. And it was crazy. We had this one guy. What was that guy's? Minister Weston. Minister Weston was like the demon slayer. Man, they would just, he would just get over there. He would, I mean, he just, everybody had a demon. <laughs> Didn't they? It was awesome. And, um... It was. And but this lady, three rows back, she would she would come and she would the whole time I'm praying. Every Sunday. And man, she it was creepy. And so finally, one Sunday I go up to her and she's got that look face and I said, Can I do not touch God's anointing? That's what she said to me. I was like, whoa, right? Whoa. I remember the Sunday after that, we're in worship, and I could see her like two rows over. She was, while I'm worshiping, you know, I could feel it right here. And I, you know, the word says to bless those who curse you. So I'm in worship. Father, I just bless her. I just bless her in Jesus' name. I just thank you, Father, whatever's going on with her. Just, I just pour out your blood. I mean, I'm blessing her, right? Doing the word. Then it was time to greet one another. When the worship was over, she came up over to me. And she said, you know who's blessed, honey? <laughs> that woman heard what I was praying. I mean, witchcraft. It was creepy. And so, I'm getting a little nervous about this situation because, I mean, it was every week, you know? And so finally, God gave, he said to me, next Sunday when she comes, he said, I want you to go up to her and apologize. I'm like, apologize? For what? For not honoring her. I was like, whoa. And I started to get convicted about who was I? Who did I think I was? Like what, I'm an altar minister? That makes me something? Like, 
what? And so I got convicted. And so that next Sunday, she was there again, you know, give me the evil eye. And after service, I mean, you know, boom, 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 hearts beating and everything. And I went up to her and I, afterwards and I said, I owe you an apology. I'm so sorry that I didn't honor you. Oh my gosh, this woman broke down. She started to, I mean, I mean, I, I did not know what to do. And I, from that moment, developed a, a friendship with this woman. And I, I mean, God just had me sewing into her life. And, and um, I still to this day don't know exactly what had happened to her. She was a gift that had been so rejected and so neglected and who knows all what. Um, but God used me. And my point is, you never know. You know, and we're so quick sometimes to judge and to label and to, you know, not do things the happy way, the Jesus way. You know? But let me just finish up by saying this. Obedience will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. And most of you here have enough experience with God that if you took, you know, just a few moments and started to write down all the ways that God had been faithful and all the ways that you had obeyed him and how he came through, right? Now, that's a good thing to do because it'll encourage you when he's telling you to take the next step. But let me also say this. Understand that, that, that obedience is designed to confront unbelief. It's designed to, to stir things up a bit. But that's, the, that's, where the, that's where the fun begins. I mean, what do you, you want to play it safe your whole life? You know, that playing it safe is a form of bondage. Where you live in your own little safe little house of mediocrity. Right? There are things in your heart that God has put inside of you. There are dreams that God has placed inside of you. That you believe that there is a reason why you can't pursue them. And the only thing that's holding you back is what you believe. And I just want to encourage you to be one who starts to look for something for God to tell you to do. Why don't you start to ask God, what can I do? <laughs> Instead of dreading, oh, he's going to tell me to do something. What do you want me to do? What should I do? You know where we're heading. Because, you know, you can go, there's a million ways to get to Albuquerque. You know, you can go the long way, or you can take the little 11-day journey into the promised land, right? You can take the 40-year journey. You can walk to Albuquerque. You can go the wrong way to Albuquerque. Never end up in Albuquerque. On your way to Albuquerque. Right? 
Right. I'll warn you, the fast way is not necessarily the easy way. Because it's a humble way. That means you have to be willing to confront your own unbelief. And you have to be willing to maybe consider that your perception of the way things are is not the way things really are. I remember one time sitting at my kitchen table and God asking me, what's the problem? And I defined it to the best of my ability. And he started to kind of give me this whole revelation around my belief system about problems. And he said, we're going to have to renew that. Because the problem is the way you think about that problem. I was like, whoa. You know, I've gone through all kinds of things on my journey. And one of the massive things that I have learned is not to let anything define me. Don't let any circumstance define me. Don't let a number in a bank account define me. Don't let a balance sheet can define me. Don't let, because I'm telling you what, we let things define us. This is a success. This is a failure. That is not how God defines success and failure. Marcia said this earlier. She said he wasn't looking for perfection. He was looking for trust. You know how trust is tested? Trust, the test of trust is not a comfortable place. It's the go up on the mountain, Abraham, and sacrifice your son. It's the place where you have the potential to lose it all but you don't move. You're still obedient. And at all of us at some point in our lives, if you're called to great exploits, there will be great tests of trust. That's why knowing him is the most important thing. Knowing him. Knowing him. I'll end with this one last thing. I've, you know, because there's been so much. I, I mean, I feel like my job as a leader is just to lead you into your place of manifestation. To your place of transfiguration. Which means my own journey of doing that matters because I can't lead you somewhere I haven't gone. Does that make sense? And so, I forgot what I was gonna say. 
Must not have been important. All right. Well, I'll end with this. I don't know. Let me just ask this question. How many of you right now are in like this valley of decision where you're weighing one or more options or you're, you're trying to hear what God's saying? Okay. All right. Um, my first question to you is, are you in alignment? Because when you are in alignment, the people that you are in alignment with are a safety net for you. Now, sometimes we don't like that answer, which is an indication you're going to have some problems. Because you don't get around that. You're not the exception to the rule. So you need to find out where God has called you to be submitted. And whatever's going on with that situation, you need to submit it. That's a word from God. That is not a word from me. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're submitted to me, I'm busy. (laughs) And if you think I need some kind of control over you to feel powerful. That's a whole other situation. But the point is, like, when I heard about moving here to Colorado, I mean, God moved mountains to get that word to me. I told you. I mean, Veronica Winston laid hands on me and imparted a gift that I never wanted. Dear God, I started rhyming everything I wrote in my journal. It was the most annoying gift I've ever received. She said, I impart a spiritual gift. And the next thing you know, I'd write my journal. And you know what? The point was, I, I rhymed go to Colorado. And I, if I had not rhymed it, I would not have necessarily believed it was God. Supernaturally, that man, he started to move. But you know what I did? I took that word and I put it on Bill Winston's desk. And I said, judge it. I do not operate in an independent spirit. Amen. To this day, I do not operate in an independent spirit. I am submitted to other leaders. Why? Because I know the value of submission. It's not a dirty word to me. It's a word of like, oh. Matter of fact, I remember when God, when I first met Paul Milligan, you know, five, four years ago, whenever it was, and I just heard the word submit. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It was like the toil went out of living. You you can stop thinking. Why? See, because I have faith that God can use that person. And let me say this, as a married person, you got to cooperate in this. You submit to your husband as unto the Lord, which means you trust that if God needs to correct or change or sway or whatever, well, he is big enough to do it. And I've seen God do it a lot of times with both spiritual authority and natural authority. I've seen me have something, even with Bill Winston's ministry, I've seen me know that this was the Lord. This was the Lord. But the way I handled that mattered. Honor mattered. And if I needed to let them think that was his idea, what, what, I need credit? 
I'm on the kingdom agenda. I don't need to be the one that somehow is right. Why? Because it was God that told me in the first place. It wasn't my idea in the first place. So why am I going to get puffed up like I know something he doesn't know? If he told me something before he told him, then maybe it was a test for me. But that never occurs to most people because they're puffed up with pride and they don't even realize it. And I operated in humility and, went, and I prayed. I didn't share it with a bunch of people. I prayed. And when it came to pass, I didn't feel all puffed up about it. I thought, wow, I was trusted with something. That's a blessing. Thank you, Lord. These things matter, y'all. They matter because you're called to lead. And the way that you have served is the way that you will be served. And if you don't get it right now, you'll get it hard on the other side when it's you that are the one with the finger that's being pointed at. Do you know how many spiritual sons and daughters have to learn things the hard way. And I love you guys enough to tell you the truth. And whether you want to believe it or not, I've been through some stuff. It might have been in secret, it might not have been all public, and it might not, you may not all grab it right now. But I'll tell you this too, watch and wait and see what God's doing and what he's going to do with this little orphan. Amen. Amen. And I'm not, it's not pride. It's not pride that I'm even saying all of that because the truth of the matter is, I am nobody. That is the truth. All right, Father, what do you want me to finish with this? I want to say, he loves you. He loves you, and for those of you that are in that valley of decision, Submit. Because whoever you're called to submit to has a word for you. You know, I have a chorus here today, Chris's aunt, and she works for a good friend, she works with, rather, a good friend of ours, a good, you know, family, spiritual family friend of ours, the Barlows. And, you know, Joe Barlow knows how to honor Bill Winston. He has a scripture that he says this, the wisdom is in the mouth of the king. And anytime he has a meeting with Bill Winston, he says, God, you're putting the answer in that man's mouth. And I'm going to get it. And you know how many times he gets it? 100% of the time. And you know how many times it's right? 100% of the time. You have gifts in front of you, gifts that God has put in your life. Five-fold ministry gifts, pastoral gifts, all kinds of gifts, prophetic gifts. You have gifts. If you use your faith for those gifts, God will, God will lead you. He will confirm. He will keep you on track. So, Father, for those in the... And I'm just saying this too, Father. For those that need to be corrected, I just release that over them. You guys, there was a, a picture last week about a baby getting the pacifier out of their mouth and growing up. And I just declared, this is a body where we are growing up. I am, this, this is a body where they are trans, being transfigured, God. Thank you, Lord. I just see y'all. Y'all are like big oak trees. 
just blossoming, just growing up, big righteous oak trees. The planting of the Lord, that he is glorified, unmovable, unshakable. And if something needs to be pruned, you don't even feel it because you're just so big. It's like, oh, a little twig just got pruned off. Look at that. I'm still big and growing and I didn't even feel it. Yeah, that was annoying anyway. Whoo, yeah. Bearing fruit. In Jesus' name. All right, y'all. Well, I love you. Hope that was all right that I shared all that today. Amen. Amen. Keep obeying. Hearing and obeying. Now, this is a question somebody has. I can hear it in the spirit. Well, what if I've been so disobedient so long, I don't know how to make it right, or I don't know how to catch up? All right? Well, God is not into punishment. He's into wherever you are right now, just picking up from right there. So you don't have to try to make restitution and fix it all. I mean, if he tells you to do that, do it. But just start here. Fresh slate, clean slate today. A new start of obedience. Amen? All right. We have encounter ministries, right, Deb? All right. We have prophecy and healing and general prayer. So if you want a word, if you need healing in your body, or you just want to pray and have someone agree with you, we've got you covered. Awesome. Prophecy will be in this room over here. Healing will be right here. And general prayer will be right here. So all right, you guys, have an amazing week. Believe God for big things. In Jesus' name, amen.